Hey guys, welcome to Telling the Told and Untold. My name is Tsuho. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you guys so, so much for 5,000 subscribers. It happened really quickly and I'm still in disbelief. And I just hope that as I continue putting content out there, you guys enjoy it. And yeah, I just do well and I have your guys' support. So yeah, with that, let's go straight into today's case. In the early hours of January 20th, 2003, a man stumbled into a petrol station and he was bleeding profusely. He was bleeding from both his head and his neck. And before he collapsed, he was able to tell petrol attendants to call police officers to go to 7 Graham Road. 7 Graham Road was in Seapoint, Cape Town, and it was a house known as Sizzler's Gay Escort Agency. Police officers say that when they walked into Sizzlers, they were just met with a really bloody and gruesome scene. There were bodies on the floor and some of the men were still crawling around, those that had survived the attack. Six men were pronounced dead at the scene and four of them were taken to ICU at Grutesgir Hospital and were in critical condition. Amongst those four men was the man that had been able to stumble upon the petrol station and get the petrol attendants to call the police officers. Unfortunately, three of the four men would not survive. Police officers say that the men were face down with their hands tied behind their back with tape as well as their feet. They all had had their throats slit and had been shot in the back of their heads execution style. Quentin Taylor was the only survivor despite having had a bullet in his head. Some sources say that he had one bullet, other sources say that he had two bullets, but the fact is that he had been shot in the head and had also had his throat slit. It's really a miracle that he survived this. The victims of this gruesome attack was the owner, Aubrey Othar, the masseuses that worked there, Sergio De Castro, Morris Mayer, Travis Rieder, Timothy Boyat, Stephanus Fout, Johan Mayer, and Robert Fisser, as well as a client, Gregory Bachers. So basically, Sizzlers was known as Sizzlers Gay Escort Agency, but it was more known as a massage parlor for queers, but more so on the gay spectrum. But that doesn't necessarily mean that other men did not come in. By curious men, um, married men, you know. So it was just basically man-to-man -man contact, male-to-male -male contact. The media dubbed this as the Sizzlers Massacre, but if you do go search this case, some of them call this the Gay Massacre, the Gay Masseuse Massacre, you know just things like that so I'll just be referring to it as the Sizzlers massacre just to be more respectful to the men that did work there so basically Sizzlers was just a house in Seapoint and as soon as you walked in on the left there was a room that had multiple bunk beds because all the men that worked at Sizzlers were um, meant to live there Different sources say different things about the men's pay. Some sources say that they really didn't earn that much. Other sources say that they did earn a lot. One of the victim's fathers say that he remembers his son coming in and he had expensive shoes that cost 3,000 rand and he really didn't understand why he would consider prostituting himself to earn such money. So basically, if you wanted to work at Sizzlers, you had to be over the age of 18 because it did include sexual acts and you had to be um, stereotypically um, a good looking man. So what she would do is that she would strip in 
front of the owner you would strip naked and he would just make sure that you look good for the customers that would come in so what would happen is a customer would either make an appointment or walk in and all the men would showcase themselves one by one so that the client would choose which man they wanted or they could have a preference and say that they want um, a blonde man and then only blonde men would come out they were also referred to as boys and not men. So it would be like the Sizzlers boys, you know, like that. So the first thing police officers did was go out and look for any witnesses. And they found multiple people that said that they saw four men getting into a white BMW in the early hours of the 20th of January. The first suspect had a tattoo of a curled up snake on his upper left arm, as well as the words Fast Gun on his wrist. Fast Gun was basically just a gang that operated in Johannesburg and they were associated with gun violence. This man was said to have reddish hair which was probably bleached as well as wore a goatish beard. The second suspect was a thin man with a fair complexion and was said to sniff a lot which is usually just an indication of someone that sniffs cocaine. The third suspect was tall with a shaven head and appeared to be well built and some said it appeared like he could be a bodybuilder and the fourth suspect was just described as well built and really didn't have any identifiable features. After a while police officers arrested two men Adam Warriors, who was 27 years old at the time, as well as Trevor Theus, who was 48 years old. Adam was a manager at a restaurant and Trevor was a taxi driver and he would just usually transport prostitutes and escorts to um, their appointments. So I couldn't find out when police officers discovered that these two were their men and where the other two men kind of just like fell off because in the beginning of the investigation they mentioned four men that they were looking for and gave descriptions of them and then all of a sudden they only arrested two men and those two men were the only ones ever convicted so i really don't understand what happened to the two other men or if like the witnesses just saw something incorrect or they were just never arrested so in police custody adam never spoke a word to the police he refused to give a confession or just really say anything whereas trevor was very quick to tell police officers about what happened that fateful night so according to trevor the year before in 2002 he would frequent the restaurant that adam worked at and he really befriended the staff and everything like that and then one day adam approached him and he was the manager at this restaurant and adam approached him and told him that apparently sizzlers has a lot of money that they keep on the premises Trevor says after this Adam said that he wanted to rob them and Trevor agreed to robbing them but he really didn't think that he was serious and made a joke that because he's colored and lives in a township he'll be able to get two guns easily. A while later Adam asked if he had managed to get the guns and Trevor said that he didn't. Around this time Trevor had a girlfriend who was 20 years old and apparently she broke his heart with another woman and he just really didn't like that and tried getting her back but she refused and just after this he really just didn't see any point to anything so that's when he decided to steal his brother's gun and apparently he had his own gun as well 
after this trevor called adam and told him that he had the guns and adam said that the plan was a go and after this he called sizzlers and made an appointment as a client once adam and trevor got to the premises they were let in and told the manager that they prefer blondes after this a blonde man came into the room and this is when adam took out his gun and told him to take him to the rest of the guy after this adam got to the rest of the boys and asked them where they kept their money and that's where they found a safe and it only had two thousand rand in it according to trevor and they really expected more money that isn't what they came to sizzlers for adam then took the two thousand rand and put it in his pocket and then told all the men to lie down um flat with their head facing the floor and then they then proceeded to tie them with sellotape um around their legs as well as their hands after this adam told trevor that they had to slit their throats and trevor says that that's like he really didn't want to do that that's not who he was and he didn't understand why they couldn't just leave then and after that they started from each corner so adam would be this side and trevor was on the other side and they would slit each of the men's throat one by one trevor says that as he was slitting their throats he made sure that um the cuts weren't fatal and they were just superficial wounds and um, whereas adam was just very gruesome about it and really not remorseful Trevor says after he slit their throats, he really just couldn't handle it and he decided to go to the kitchen to just drink some water and this is where he heard some men screaming because they were having their throats slit. He returned to the room and saw that another door had been opened and then in this room there were two other men. After this, they tied the men like they did the others and Adam stayed with those men and Trevor went to be with the other men. He says that they were just having like they were chatting and they were laughing but i really find that hard to believe like you don't slit someone's throat and tie them and tie their hands and their feet and then proceed to make jokes with them and laugh with them because i'm sure they were scared like they were scared for their lives like two men just coming in and slitting their throats and now you want to make jokes with them as Trevor was supposedly laughing with the men on the floor, he saw Adam and Adam was just staring at him and it appeared as though he was waiting for something. And after that, he kept mentioning the guns and Trevor just kept like refusing, like, why do you want to bring guns into this? Like, he really didn't understand. And he says that most of the time throughout this whole ordeal, he really wasn't thinking straight. He wasn't there because he just kept thinking about his girlfriend who had cheated on him. After this, Adam went into the kitchen and whilst he was in the kitchen, another man and managed to escape and he ran into the kitchen and attacked Adam. After this he just turned around and started attacking Trevor and that's when Trevor picked up the gun that he had and hit him in the head. And after this, he said that he's really confused. Like, he just remembers being choked. And next thing you knew, he heard a gun go off and the man fell straight onto the floor. Adam then took the gun from Trevor and went to the room where there was only one boy left and shot him in the back of the head. After this, Adam told Trevor that it was too late and that they had to shoot the rest of the men. And Trevor says he believes this because both of them worked at sea point and the men would be able to identify them because they did come in and they didn't have any masks or anything the only thing they had were hand gloves um supposedly just to make sure that they didn't get their fingerprints on anything so in the same manner that they did by slitting throats from one end to the other they did the same thing as they were shooting the men in the back of their heads so Adam started on one side and Trevor started on one side and one by one they would shoot the men and I can't imagine like the fear just knowing that you're next 
just one like one gunshot after the other and just knowing that they're nearing you it's just it's such a scary thought i remember after we heard the first shot we thought okay well it's finished and i remember me praying something like now now lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep Trevor says he shot four boys and after he shot them, all four of them were still alive. After this, they put on balaclavas that they had and ran to a white BMW that they had parked. And after this, they just drove down the street and as they were driving, they would just get rid of their evidence one by one. So we'd get rid of their masks and their gloves. And then eventually they ended up in Bellevue and they stayed there until the sun rose. After the sun rose, Adam said that he would just catch a taxi and go back home. So whilst Trevor was driving on the N1, he realized that he still had both the murder weapons and as he was driving, he dismantled both of them and would throw out the pieces just one by one as he was driving by. So Adam Wurst and Trevor Theus were each sentenced to nine life sentences, an additional 20 years for the attempted murder of Quentin Taylor, 15 years each for armed robbery, three years each for illegal possession of firearms, and another two years each for the possession of ammunition. Theus was also sentenced to an additional three years for stealing a firearm. Despite this case having happened over 17 years ago, people still debate why this happened and why these men were so brutally murdered. So with that, let's go straight into theories. First theory is armed robbery. The men were sentenced to 15 years each for armed robbery and according to Trevor, they did steal 2,000 rands. But some people don't believe it because the crime was just so gruesome that it's unbelievable they would steal so little money and kill nine men. The second theory is that this massacre was orchestrated by a competitor. According to Duval Uyas, the president of the Lesbian and Gay Alliances in Cape Town in 2003, um, two weeks prior to the massacre, he received a call from someone who was threatening to kill him if he didn't close down Sizzlers. And according to him, this man believed that he was the owner of Sizzlers. And he was really threatened by this call and he took it seriously. Two days before the massacre, Robert Fisser, one of the victims, called Duval and he said that he had to meet with him urgently. And he just really sounded scared, but she didn't give any more details as to why he wanted to meet with her. Duval then said that they could meet on the 19th, which was the next day, but unfortunately he couldn't make it that day, so moved the date to the 20th, and they planned on meeting at 2 a.m. Two hours before they were supposed to meet, Robert called him again, and he just said that he had to meet him right now. It couldn't wait, but unfortunately Duval said that he couldn't meet him at 12 a.m. and could only meet him at 2 a.m. Unfortunately, that meeting wouldn't happen and the next day Duval found out about the massacre. The third theory is that this was gang related and this is because if you remember in the beginning of the video, one of the suspects was said to have 
a tattoo on his wrist that said fast gun which was a gang and people just believed that this was the reason and this was sepoy during this time and there were drugs involved and all of that it was also said that there were two men that used to work at sizzlers and after this they decided to move to joburg and once they moved to joburg they got involved with this gang and after things went south they moved back to cape town and decided to work at sizzlers again so people believe that these men were looking for them because they had wronged them and walked into sizzlers looking for them and when they couldn't find these two men decided to send a message the fourth theory is that this was a hate crime sizzlers was known to be a gay massage parlor in the media and queers did work there so people often believe that there were people that really just didn't accept their lifestyle and didn't understand it and therefore thought that they just didn't deserve to live as well as the men that frequented sizzlers